hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, hello. Hello and welcome to Your Tech Life. Ah, sunny Las Vegas. The desert of Las Vegas. It is a... Um, it is a very isolated place that I am at. Um, Las Vegas in the desert of Nevada. Sin City casinos everywhere, but every January, uh, a very important event occurs. It's the Consumer Electronics Show, and it is the biggest uh, electronics expo trade show in the world. Uh, and I'm here... To try and tell you as much as I can about what's going on here, but there is just so much here. It is quite phenomenal, and I have that kind of overwhelming feeling every time I uh, I see it. This is episode 220 uh, of Your Tech Life, and I think rather than counting up across the week, I'll just call it 220A, Uh, 220B later on. You'll you'll get the gist. Uh, Same as we do every year here at CES, and I'm here, thanks. Uh, or the podcast is here each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technologies. We'll tell you more about them a little later. Um, there's been a bit at the show already today, and I'll, um, I'll try and cover some of that off for you um, as best I can. I'll tell you about some of the products I've seen. Um, the programs this week will be of no set length, um, so I apologise if your walk is 30 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever it might be. You'll just have to fit in with me. <laughs> um, but lots to talk about here from the Consumer Electronics Show uh, in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Convention Center, as well as across a couple of the casinos. But I'll tell you about that uh, as we kick on through the show. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, tech Life with Trevor Long. So as I mentioned, uh, the Las Vegas Convention Center is is the hub for this whole event. Uh, and yeah, we're talking about a, a, a building or a set of buildings, really. It's actually three or possibly it could be described as four, um, actual kind of convention halls. Um, it's massive. The central hall is huge. It's where the, the Sony, the Samsung, the LGs, the Hisense, the TCLs, all the big guys are. Uh, then you have this kind of north hall, which is not quite the size of that one, but it's where it's, it's a motor show plus a mobile phone accessory show. So they call it the eye lounge. Lots of mobile phone accessories. Plus, I was stunned today to see uh, Mercedes, General Motors, Toyota, Mazda, Kia, Ford. They're all there uh, demonstrating their cool technology, whether it's rechargeables or in-car uh, technologies. Unbelievable stuff. Plus, then there's this. Uh, there's actually a further north hall, which has just got a, just a range of little tiny things in it. But then there's the south halls, two levels, and it... it it alone, each level, would be much bigger than the size of the Darling Harbour Convention Centre for people that have been there. It's massive, something like 40 football fields worth of, of space uh, being exhibited on. Plus, you know, the car parks are taken over by big marquees and tents where things happen. I mean, I saw BMW setting up outside um, in, in one of the main car parks. It's just, it's phenomenal. And the scale of it is overwhelming. Uh, I say every year there's almost no way you could see everything. Um, I think the idea of splitting it up into areas is useful, but uh, for someone like me who likes to see as much as I can, it's very hard to make sure that I've seen everything. So that's at the Las Vegas Convention Centre. Then across the city, 
uh, down the strip, as they call it, Las Vegas Boulevard, the Venetian Hotel, there's another whole set of ballrooms that are dedicated to companies and, and products on display. Uh, then at the Mandalay Bay, which is at the south end of the strip, um, we had today a, a small event called the, the CES Unveiled, and tomorrow the press day will be. This is Sunday I'm recording. Uh, it's Monday about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, your time I'm recording in Sydney. But uh, Sunday's 10 o'clock my time, and uh, tonight, CES Unveiled. I'll tell you about that shortly, but one thing I was interested to do before CES Unveiled was, was look at um, some of the trends in, uh, in global technology uh, and how the CEA, the Consumer Electronics Association, these are the people that put on the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, how they see things going. And a very interesting conversation uh, with Sean uh, Dubravik, from, who is the chief economist from the Consumer Electronics Association, talking about the move from mass production to mass customization. And it's very interesting to reflect on, you know, a hundred odd years ago when we moved from, you know, the, the, the creation of, of industry uh, into mass production, you know, actually producing things en masse on a production line basis. And, you know, that was a, a, an industrial revolution. And now, quite interestingly, we move almost, not, not, not to the opposite, because we're still mass-producing products, but we're allowing customization of them. So, for example, uh, Google released the Motorola Moto X mobile phone, and uh, they brought production into America, and you could, you could pick and choose on the, on the website what color and all those things you wanted. It would be delivered to you as customized by you. Puma, shoes, you can, you can buy shoes and determine where the logo goes, what color the laces are, the stitching. All those different things. You can get T-shirts printed online with just, just with your name on them. You know, you can have postcards or gift. You can go to Bunnings and get a gift card with your photo on it. And you think, what's the economy around that? Because surely making 10,000 gift cards with Bunnings on it is easier than making, you know, 10,000 individual gift cards. Well, no. That's how technology changes things. So imagine the production line at, at Puma, and I imagine it's the same with cars these days. I've watched a few of those um, mega factory shows on Discovery Channel and the like, and they talk about, uh, you know, they don't just roll 10 silver Commodores off the line. You know, each, each one has a destination. Each one has a configuration. And, you know, a guy might put in a, uh, an automatic transmission and the next one he'll put a manual in. It's just that they bring the parts to the, to the production line as required. And this means a very efficient production line and therefore customised. So a really interesting change in, in the general production of, of technology. And then there's 7,000 square feet of convention space being dedicated to 3D printing this year. And it's not like that's a huge market. There's only 99,000 consumer-grade 3D printers actually made, actually shipped last year. Well, that's what they're predicting for next year, actually. And when you compare that to 40 million televisions being sold in the US. So it's very interesting stuff. Now, some of the other interesting stuff I, I wanted to share with you um, that you might not see or read anywhere, I'll, I'll try and publish as much as to what I talk about here on the podcast on eftm.com.au. But um, there's, there's a really important uh, differentiation we need to make when we talk about CES and the products here at CES between products that are commercially viable, products that, that will go on sale and sell en masse, and then products that are just possible. Now, 
it's very interesting because even ultra high definition could be put in that category right now. It's not commercially viable because what about this? There are there are forty million, as I said, TVs sold in the US every year. In twenty thirteen, sixty thousand of them were ultra high definition four K. This year, twenty fourteen, they're expecting it five hundred thousand. That's tiny. That is just that's tiny when you think about the scale of it. So, you know, the products that we see here and some of the stuff I'll talk to you about, hopefully most of it is coming at some point. Now, there's a toothbrush I'll tell you about later, and it's a good example of something that's in prototype. It's a concept, and it'll get here by the end of the year, but do they really know what it's going to be like? Because are they just actually going now, talking about it, getting publicity for it so they can get funding as well? Um, Crowdfunding is such a big thing these days. So many products that are that are just possible but not viable. And, you know, potentially last year we were talking about curved screens. And when people think about curved screens, most people have in their imagination a flexible piece of plastic you can, you know, like a wobble board, and, and, it, and it's just easily flexible. Well, actually, 12 months on, LG's got a flexible mobile phone. It has a small curve in it that when you push it down on, on the table, it, it will bend out. It will kind of straighten out. But it's not like it's, you know, Play-Doh or Blu-Tac. It just happens to be curved and it happens to be somewhat flexible. That's commercially viable. The idea of a wobble board style flexible display is still a long way off but has been proven to be possible. So that's what's interesting about the products and I, I think that's probably what I will try and do for you across the week is say possible but, but not really commercially viable or Possible and very commercially viable. If we, if we can look at uh, products through that, that window, perhaps we'll, um, we'll do quite well with that. And the other interesting thing from the Consumer Electronics Association was just the idea of sensors and how so many devices in our lives now have sensors in them. And I think the, the, the example given by the, the Consumer Electronics Association, uh, not, not based on pure fact, but you know when the iPhone was released... The idea of having a single axis sensor, so a sensor that could determine you know, movement, might have been about a $7 item. Well, now, to monitor a single axis, 50 cents. I'm talking about the, the cost of the chip, the, the little piece of equipment that goes in the device. And when you then have such a low-cost product, you look at these things, and another product I'll tell you about shortly, the mother, um, has these little cookies, which are just a, a sensor. And they talk to another device, and those two devices you know, get together and have a chat and give you information. And it's all about everything in our lives will have sensors and everything in our lives will therefore be able to help us perhaps manage our lives. Big debate about privacy and all those kind of things again, but you know what? If someone wants to know how many steps I walk a day, I'll give the NSA access to my jawbone up. Good luck to them. <laughs> it doesn't really worry me too much at all. So lots of really exciting stuff. And I'm going to leave you with one very cool thing. The North American market, so the USA, is often you know, seen and referred to as you know, the big brother, the, the, the dominant force in you know, global technology, in consumer trends, in all those different things. Well, uh, eyes open, America, you, you're not the golden child anymore. China is. Now, China's big and China's growing in terms of its maturity, in terms of its economy. But what about this? I had no idea. And it's very obvious when you think about it, but 
think of it. Think of the number of cities with over a million people in them. Okay, in Australia, Sydney, uh, Melbourne, I think Brisbane. Perth might be on the cusp, uh, but I don't think it's peaked past a million. Let's just call it three. There's three cities in Australia with more than a million people in them. In America, across the whole nation of 300 million people, there's nine cities with more than a million people in them. Okay, interesting. China, 160 cities with a million people or more in them. 160 cities. Uh, Strength in numbers, people. That's why China is now dominating the numbers in terms of dollar value technology sales. In 2014, they will beat America. In 2014, China will be a bigger player in consumer electronics than the United States of America. Very, very interesting and a big change. Big change. Uh, More on that over the coming days. Uh, here from CES in Las Vegas. All right, I mentioned, I'll run through a few products I saw tonight at the CES Unveil product. Firstly, Mother. Uh, Mother looks like a, a babushka doll to me, just a little white uh, you know, thing sitting there and it kind of lights up and glows. And Mother has all these little cookies, uh, about the size of a kind of USB stick. Little tiny sensors, multicoloured. Different things, <clears throat> excuse me. And you can put those cookies on almost anything. And they track movement. They don't trace where you go. Not GPS style, they track whether or not the item moved. So because they have a sensor in them, as I mentioned earlier, sensors dominating our world, they know whether the item moved. So here's an example. You put a sensor on, a, on, a, on the milk in the fridge. And because the sensor is communicating back with the mother, the unit... Uh, up to 25 sensors, I believe, can be hooked up to the, to the one mother, if you like. Um, the, the, the smartphone app or the tablet app, when you open it up, will tell you when that sensor last moved. So that sensor might be called milk. It hasn't been used for two days. Kids, why haven't you had milk with your breakfast? Uh, you might put it on the bottle of water. Kids, why aren't you drinking enough water? You put it on the Coke, why are you drinking so much Coke? You put it on the front door, why did you get home so late at night? Or, my goodness, why, why did something move? You put it in your, in your pocket, you know how many steps you made. I mean, these are really simple ideas that I'm just rattling off. Who knows what they could be used for? But the simple idea of having multiple sensors in your life, all connected to one device and, you know, the communication around them, I think that's pretty cool. It's called Mother. Um, very interesting product. I'll bring you more on that uh, on eftm.com.au. Hey, you know I love my Belkin Wemo, right? Now, this is the um, remote-controlled smart home that I now have at home. I love it. I think it's really cool that these $60, $70 products that you can get at Dick Smith Electronics, plug it into the wall, put a lamp on it, and from here in Las Vegas, I can turn on my phone right now um, and I can see which lights in my house are on, right? Now, there's going to be none, hopefully, because it's 5.30 in the afternoon. It's not, not dark yet. Um, I have a motion sensor in my studio at home, uh, so I can see that someone went into my studio at 1.20 this afternoon my time, which is this morning. Uh, None of the lights are on, and I could turn the lounge room lamp on. That would freak everyone out. I'm going to do that right now. I bet bet you my wife texts me and says, what are you doing? Lounge room lamp turned on. There you go. I'm in Vegas 
and I have turned the lounge room lamp on. Now I'll turn it off. Now, the great thing about the switches was I could um, I could plug a you could put a switch in a wall, you could plug anything into it, bingo, it's controllable. And then there's the light switch, which I thought was just brilliant because it was a fully installed new light switch on the wall, but it was Wi-Fi controlled, all those kind of things. Set up um, uh, routines and rules around it, very cool. But quite a, a challenge to, to have someone install, plus you needed a specific type of wiring in your house. Well, haven't they, haven't they just gazumped me here? They've now got a, um, a Wemo light bulb. Now, the starter pack is the little... You still need a PowerPoint. Just plug this little device in a PowerPoint. But then the, the light bulb, you get two of them in the starter pack, probably $120, $130. The light bulb itself is wirelessly connected to the little PowerPoint, and then you control the device exactly the same way as you would now from your mobile phone. And the, the benefit of this is, A, you don't need a, an installation. Uh, B, you don't need the neutral cable and things in the wall. And C, if you're a renter, well, you can do it, and then you can take the bulb with you. They're LED lights, so they're energy efficient. Um, they're equivalent to 60 watt, I believe. Very cool stuff. And the other one they launched was um, a slow cooker. In America, they have a brand called Crock-Pot, uh, and they've actually, Belkin's actually handed over the, the technology behind Wemo to, to Crock-Pot, and they've put all the technology into the Crock-Pot, and you just take the Crock-Pot home, you plug it in, and bingo. You can, you can be at work or out at a friend's place, 10 o'clock in the morning, go, oh, righty, I'm going to turn the crock pot on. Bingo, slow, slow cooker is turned on. When you get home at eight hours later, your lamb shanks are cooked. Very cool. I love it. And that's uh, coming. I'm sure that'll be in Australia very, very soon uh, from Belkin. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And it's all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technologies. I tell you about them each and every week, and uh, I'll, I'll check out their stand here on Tuesday at CES. Um, I'll see a lot of their international um, uh, equipment and things, and a lot of that will come to Australia. And remember, Garmin's not just satellite navigation for your car. Um, you've got golf GPS, you've got cycling, really intense cycling products. If you're into cycling, you'll know what I mean, and you'll be wanting Garmin products. Um, some fantastic fitness products uh, from uh, watches that, that monitor your swimming, your, your running, your walking, uh, a whole range of products. Uh, the golf stuff is mind-blowing if, you, if you're into golf. So anything that, that can and, and should use GPS uh, is available from Garmin, and you, can, you should check out their entire range at garmin.com.au. All right, the, uh, the electric toothbrush. This is, uh, this is the story of the show. Because um, you always need something cool here at CS to talk about, um, and I get that because I'm, I'm doing radio spots every day and trying to trying to find fun things to talk about. Well, the Calibri toothbrush. Now that's spelled K-O-L-I-B-R-E-E. Calibri toothbrush is the world's first connected electric toothbrush, and it's expected in the third quarter of 2014. So it's a long way off. But essentially, what it will do is you brush your teeth. Uh, you transfer your data through the um, Bluetooth to, to the Calibri app and you've created an account and, and you can watch your brushing habits and your progress uh, and it'll help you understand how you can brush better, how you can look after your teeth better and I'll give you a percentage score on that. And I think there's, there's plans also to gamify it for kids. So if you're struggling to get your kids to, um, uh, to, to brush their teeth properly, this could be the thing. And I find it interesting because we talked about bloody toothbrushes this time last year as well. Um, anyway, there's, uh, 
There's always stuff to talk about here at CES. Uh, No doubt there'll be plenty more of that as it happens. Uh, Here at CES in Las Vegas. Has anyone heard of Waka Waka? Uh, These are uh, uh, solar-powered rechargers for your mobile phone. Now, there's the Waka Waka Light and the Waka Waka Power. Waka Waka spelt W-A-K-A-W-A-K-A. Now, basically, you put this thing in the sun for an entire day, it'll charge itself up, and uh, bingo, your your mobile phone can be recharged off the back of it. But, excuse me, the thing that makes this a little bit more interesting is that their their goal or their dream is to actually be providing off-the-grid solutions around the world. And what they're doing is they're selling these things in, obviously, first-world countries, uh, making decent money, most likely. And then what they say is energy is recognised as one of the most significant inputs for economic growth and human development. 1.3 billion people, that's 25% of the world's population, lack access to electricity. And the majority resides in the sub-Saharan Africa, rural off-grid areas. So this is an increase to health risks, uh, all, all different things. And so what they're thinking is, well, let's find technology and let's, let's try and bring this back and actually put these things in the hands of people in those areas. So they're developing these technologies with a view to, sub, you know, the America and Europe are subsidising the, the cost of these things in other countries. I love it. It's called Waka Waka, W-A-K-A, W-A-K-A. Now, ZEP, Z-E-P-P, or Z-E-P-P, if you're here in America. ZEP. Now, you might have seen these, and I don't know yet where they are. I haven't, haven't had a quick look, but uh, I would suggest Rebel Sport, Foot Locker maybe, those kind of places. ZEP is a, I'd call it revolutionary sensor. Again, see the word sensor, it's right there. Little little tiny block, and you get a you get a, a a holder for the sensor that fits on the end of your tennis racket, golf club, or baseball bat. And I've already said to him he's got to bring cricket into this, okay? If he wants to crack the Aussie market properly, but I'm going to get one of these for my son. Baseball. My son's got a little little t ball, little baseball, but he loves playing t ball. And um, the Zep essentially, you tell it it tell it which mode you're in: baseball, uh, golf, or tennis, and then it it, it puts the, the sensor into that mode and then you start swinging away, practice swinging. And then on the, on the app, you can look at your swing in three-dimensional space. So you can look from above, from the side. It's phenomenal. I just, it's amazing. And it's all from one little sensor. And again, the word sensor just blows your mind, doesn't it? So to think that you could train yourself to do a better swing, uh, better, better golf swing, better, better baseball swing, better tennis racket, Whatever it is, I think you'll see more of this. I love the product. Um, I'm going to put lots of that on the website. Uh, ZEP is what it's called, Z-E-P-P, uh, and available now in Australia New Zealand. So check it out. If, you, if you've heard about it, let me know. I'm going to get my hands on one and have a play as well. ZEP, Z-E-P-P. Uh, if you're a, a builder, uh, if you're in construction or, or mining and those kind of areas, let me tell you this. Caterpillar. I found a Caterpillar mobile phone. Now, they've got a feature phone as well as an Android phone. And the, the physical phones, they've got covers for mobile phones, but they've actually built mobile phones. These things are waterproof to, to good level. They can be, uh, they're dustproof. That, you know, you can run over them in a truck, basically. 
So if you're heavy into, into construction or you're worried about your mobile phone, Caterpillar, you know the brand Cat? Uh, they're not physically making them themselves. They've licensed the brand. They've used the same design team um, that, that designs Cat products. Um, these things look awesome. They look rugged. Uh, I think you'll love it if you're into construction and whatnot. A full Android phone or a feature phone, you know, with buttons and all. Uh, and again, great looking phones. Uh, I'll have that on EFTM.com.au shortly. Rattling through the products here now. Um, I love my Xbox One, but I've hated the fact for years that I can't get a really good steering wheel for my Xbox. Well, hello, Mad Cats. M-A-D-C-A-T-Z. Mad Cats. They're selling online. It'll be ready in a, in a month or so. A full force feedback steering wheel. Here's what I love about this thing. The actual wheel comes off. It's like a Formula One car. It just clips off. Um, they're going to make the wheel in full 100%, 80% Formula One style. It's awesome. Looks fantastic. Lots of buttons. I had a bit of a drive of it today. It feels great. It's going to be around $400 American for the, um, for the starter kit, the pedal, the wheel, everything. And then you can interchange and choose different wheels and things along the way. So if you're an Xbox uh, user and you love your racing game, Mad Cats, M-A-D-C-A-T-Z, uh, will be the way to go. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. Okay, a couple more quick ones. Uh, a light, another light bulb. Uh, now, this one isn't Wi-Fi controlled, but it's a very good idea. I'm, I'm, my only concern is it looks big and bulky, and maybe they'll have to come up with new ways of, of running this. But essentially, it's a light bulb with a battery in it. Okay? So a big light bulb, battery in it. Okay, battery gets charged from the grid. So it's in your, in your roof, on, on, turn it on, charging. Blackout, light stays on. So because there's a battery in the bulb, the light stays on, when you get a blackout. But it's still controlled by your normal light switch. So if you turn the light switch, so, so you're at night time, you put the kids to bed, light's still on, blackout. You don't know about it other than your clock radio dies or whatever, but your lights stay on. When you flick the switch on the, on the wall, the lights go off. Turn it on again, it comes back on again. Four hours of battery in the bulb. It's a Kickstarter project called Smart Charge. Uh, if you want to back it, Check it out, uh, tinyurl.com slash smartcharge, one word. Smart Charge LED Bulb, a Kickstarter project. I thought it was quite cool. Two more. Fennec was talking about this one uh, on Two Blokes Talking Tech, and another. we'll have lots of Two Blokes Talking Tech this week as well. Uh, Tinky, uh, T-I-N-K-E, uh, Tinky or Tinker. Uh, it might be. Uh, but Tinker simplifies measuring and monitoring of your day-to-day fitness and wellness. You measuring, measure your Vita index daily to keep track of your body fitness level. Measure your Zen index to relax yourself and quantify your wellness level. But essentially, it's a little tiny sensor. Uh, iOS devices available now. Uh, Android coming soon. About 119 bucks for iOS. It's about the size of a 50-cent piece or a bit bigger, but it's a kind of rectangle. little lid comes off and slides into the bottom of your iPhone. But there's actually sensors on it where you put your thumb on it, it will, it will actually check your respiratory rate, your oxygen level, your heart rate, and your heart rate variability. So it's doing all of that when you put your thumb on it. And then you keep it in your pocket. It's tracking your steps and all those kind of things. Um, good idea. Um, I don't... I just... I guess I'd, I wouldn't put the thing in my pocket because I think I'd lose it for the steps and everything. But in terms of measuring your heart rate and oxygenate, oxygen levels... 
That's very interesting. And I think it's more interesting because 12 months ago, at that very same event, um, we met with a guy who had a, a device you clip on your finger and it communicated with you know, your iPhone and told you the oxygenation levels of your blood and everything. And it was the only one in the world. It was the first in the world. Now, 12 months later, you've got this tiny little thing which does all that. Amazing. You are listening to Your Tech Life. Now, this one probably won't come to Australia, so disappointing for me because I'm really keen on something like this for my, my little smart home, smart locks. Now, this one's called the Okie Dokies, O-K-I-D-O-K-E-Y-S, Okie Dokies, smart locks with smart keys. So essentially, it's a smart lock for your front door, a uh, big thing, a couple of buttons and a little twist knob to actually unlock it, but there's no keyhole. It's all done through a series of dongles. Now, the dongle might be your mobile phone within range. It might be a little key card. It might be a, a key chain. It might be a wristband. There's a whole range of them. And all you do is come within vicinity of it and bingo, it's unlockable. Um, very cool idea. It's, it's not the only one in the world doing it. But the problem we've got is the, the locks around the world are all different. So what we're waiting for is someone to do it well and do it globally because I think the smart lock is a really cool feature um, that we are missing in Australia not an easy thing to find, and I'm desperate to find one. So if you know of one, let me know. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. All righty, that's a wrap, and um, I'll be back regularly throughout the CES uh, show here in Las Vegas, uh, broadcasting from my own little booth on the show floor. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Tell your friends, and, uh, and say, say day. Get in touch with me on Twitter if there's something you want to know more about. I'm happy to go and check it out, find photos. Um, on Twitter, at Trevor Long. On Instagram, Trevor Long AU, one word. And um, lots of photos and things going around, plus all the news and information on eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.